Welcome to the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast, where we bring you amazing guests on the cutting edge of science, health, and business each week to share strategies that you can use to get the breakthrough you're looking for in your life. I'm your host, Dr. Nevada Gray. Joining me is my co-host, Chris Donahue. We're glad that you're joining us today. If you are enjoying our podcast, we invite you to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. We love hearing from you. Today's episode is sponsored by the Paleo Pharmacist in the Keto Course. Have you ever wanted to learn about the ketogenic diet and how to implement a properly formulated ketogenic diet into your lifestyle? The Keto Course includes instant 30-day access to a one-hour, one-on-one consultation, a month of unlimited email support, over 75 amazing videos, and printable 14-day meal plans, along with grocery lists that will speed up your weight loss and help break stalls. To learn more, see our show notes. The views expressed on the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast are the opinions of the hosts and guests and are not to be taken as medical advice, as the hosts and guests do not provide medical care. Information is provided for educational purposes only. You should consult your medical provider in relation to your own personal health and prior to making any changes in your diet and fitness. Dan Cadmus is an aspiring health coach and writer passionate about nutrition, mental health, and self-improvement. Having gone through his own transformation, losing 180 pounds and overcoming several mental health issues, he is now inspired to help others do the same using the knowledge he has gained along his journey. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We love hearing from you. And as always, don't forget to share with a friend who may find value and be sure to check out Dan's blog in our show notes. Dan Cadmus, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. I've been a huge fan of yours. I've been following your blog uh, for a few months now, and I just had to have you on because you have such an incredible and inspiring journey of weight loss and healing. And for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with you, can you tell us about your journey and how it all started 180 pounds ago? Sure. Um, well, so as far as I can remember, uh, even since childhood, uh, I've been overweight, dealt with weight issues. Um, when I was little, I was heavily involved in sports, especially middle school, high school days. So it kind of kept it at bay. I kind of could eat what I wanted and didn't really have to deal with the repercussions of uh of overeating and binge eating and, and didn't really recognize that I had a problem. Um, around 10th, 11th grade, I injured my elbow. Uh, I was a pitcher. So all of my college aspirations of, of playing in college and possible scholarships and everything like that all, all kind of went away at that point. And uh, when you're a kid and something's your entire identity and then that gets taken away from you, um, it's hard to kind of cope with it, especially when you haven't really dealt with anything like that before. So after that, uh, you know, I continued the same way of eating while 
not really being involved in sports. Um, that was my first time really dealing with mental health issues. Had never really battled anything like that before. So moved into my 20s now with without really an identity, without really any kind of motivation. And uh, it kind of just spiraled out of control and continued. And so um, the later I got into my 20s, the more I overate, the more the mental health issues kind of ramped up without any way to deal with it. Um, and, and so it just continued to spiral out of control. And then around 25, 26, I moved to a completely new place. Uh, I moved to Cincinnati. I'm from New York originally. I had a couple friends move out there uh, after school. And it, I kind of moved out there under the assumption that um, the, the move was going to change everything for me. It was, this was going to be the spark of, of a transformation and, and that, the, you know, again, kind of like that continuing that trend of running from my problems and not really dealing with things head on, all, all these tendencies I developed throughout my 20s. Um, so I moved out there and instead of, you know, this whole, I don't know, I guess light bulb moment, it ended up being just being in a new place with the same problems. So um, I remember just an extreme low point. Uh, eventually, you know, I moved out there with no plan. Um, I remember being broke and, and I had, you know, I moved in with friends, so I had a couple people I knew, but it wasn't that much of a support system. And it's an embarrassing story, but I remember uh, this extreme low point of one of my blogs sitting in a McDonald's parking lot in my half broken down car bawling my eyes out, stuffing my face with McDonald's. And that was the, the, the real serious light bulb moment, moment when I, I realized I needed to change. Um, so I went home that night. I previously had been a pretty skeptical person about anything health and wellness or anything like meditation or mindfulness practices. It was by chance I saw a... Uh, a recommendation for Headspace, which is a meditation app. I tried it that night. Just like I said, I went from being really skeptical about everything to willing to try anything because I, I couldn't really deal with the anxiety anymore, the depression anymore. And that was that was the start to everything. Uh, that that one night of meditation, I found immediate relief right away. Um, it was it was temporary, but the relief was noticeable. Um, within a couple weeks after that, I had gotten a job at FedEx, just the physical nature of it in general. Within a couple months, I, I had lost like 30 to 40 pounds off of not really changing the way I eat, not changing too much, just the physical nature of the job. And that's what really started everything. And so, you know, I, I kind of decided to go with that. I'd never lost that amount of weight so quickly. And so I just kept it going and just evolved from there over and over just changing it up and led all the way up to where I am now. And you have such an inspiring story and that truly speaks to you can't run from your problems. And so many of us struggle with who are we, what's our purpose and and why are we here that our misalignment of that purpose and identity manifests in multiple ways in our lives. And one of the things that I find most inspiring about you is your passion to help others by sharing strategies that were successful for you during your journey and your transformation through your blog. Your writing is so authentic, relatable, and vulnerable that I, I appreciate reading your blog because it 
instills within myself hope and inspiration uh, within my own trans transformation. And one of your blogs uh, that you wrote about is the art of pulling yourself out of a rut. And you really encourage and empower your readers to return to a sense of normalcy using four strategies that you find to be successful for you. And this has been a hard year for a lot of people with the current pandemic, never mind the average baseline stressors that we were struggling with prior uh, to 2020. So I was just wondering if you could speak to your experience and the strategies that you wrote about in that blog. Sure. Um, and first of all, thank you. I, I really appreciate the kind words. But um, yeah, I think even there's one thing I've realized since I've gone through this journey, transformation, whatever you want to call it, um, is that it's never really over. You're never going to, life is never an upward trajectory consistently. Uh, it's peaks and valleys like anything else. You know, I, I talk about it with weight loss. I talk about it with life in general. Um, and so you gotta, there's going to be times where you have low points. There's going to be ruts to, to pull yourself out, yourself out of. And even within this journey, um, I've had plenty of low points that I've had to kind of pick myself back up and, and start over again. And I think that's the biggest key throughout all of it. But um, in, in that blog specifically, um, I, I kind of thought back to a specific problem or a specific rut I got myself into at the end of my uh, FedEx career. There was kind of a, a situation where um, I had a, a promotion locked up and I, my career was going to go a much different way than I anticipated and everything kind of fell apart and I found myself once again that identity thing um, when you attach yourself to something you know what I mean like a job or, or like for me earlier on sports and I found myself once again having to pick myself up and and restart and I think the first thing I think the first step that I, I wrote about was um, setting a plan for yourself and for me, I think when it pertains to weight loss, a lot of people say just, you know, don't plan to start, just start. Um, for me, I like setting a plan and picking a day to start, and that's the day I'm going to start. Um, you know, different people have different philosophies, but I think that's the, it's almost like um, when you have an issue, when, when you maybe you're addicted to something, recognizing you have a problem is the, the first step. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, getting yourself out of a rut as well, is just deciding that that first decision is almost half the battle of saying, all right, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself anymore. I'm ready to improve, set a plan or, or set a date to start and just start. You know what I mean? Yes. And then you have a, a second strategy where you encourage and empower your readers to get back to the base that our environment plays a huge role. Uh, so, how can we evolve that strategy into getting back to basics? And what are those basics? Sure. Um, I think the basics are whatever, when you think of yourself as you're at your peak, at your most productive, um, usually you have a routine or, or something that helps you fire on all cylinders. And I think it's different for everybody. Uh, for me, I think how you do uh, something is how you do everything, essentially. Uh, when you do the small things right, it allows you to do the bigger picture tasks uh, more effectively. So in the beginning, I think it builds momentum. I, I think life is, is all momentum-based. And I think the little things help you build that momentum towards, like I said, bigger things. So um, 
in the beginning, just simple, simple things. For me, I like uh, just paying attention to the small habits, making sure that I start working out again every day, that I start eating right. Um, like I said, I'm big into meditation, so I make sure I don't miss a single session. I, I journal every morning after I meditate, so I make sure those things are to a T lockdown. So I want to start Monday. I make sure I get up. I have to meditate. I have to journal. I have to make sure I eat well, and I have to train. And those, you know what I mean? For me, those are the big four things that ensure that I'm going to have uh, a clear mind or at least just be more focused to take things on throughout the day. Um, I also think when you start a day off with an accomplishment, it kind of sets the tone for the day as well. Um, by the time you get to something that you may be wanting to put off or or you don't feel like doing, you've kind of built that momentum up till now. And, and it sounds silly, but you almost give yourself the confidence to do it later on in the day. Um, with that, you mentioned the keeping your surroundings clean. I, I think that's important as well. Um, at least personally, when my surroundings are kind of chaotic, you know, my workspace is messy or my room is messy. I can't really think as clearly. And I feel like the same thing, like positivity breeds positivity. I think chaos breeds chaos. If your surroundings are all over the place, that kind of makes your, your mental state kind of similar. Um, so I like to just concentrate on the small things, make sure my daily routines are, are down to a T and, and, kind of clean up my my surroundings make sure my room is clean make sure my workspace is clean and it kind of helps you get back to square one yes and i love that advice where you get back to basics doing habits that you know that you're going to do right and with that you're able to set new goals so tell us about tyson fury yeah so i i don't remember when i heard it but he was on joe rogan uh, I hadn't really paid attention to boxing too much at that point. Um, and so I didn't really know who he was. I knew of him, but I didn't know his story. And he was throughout, I, I think it was, I, I forget the years. It was like kind of the mid teens, uh, like 2013, 2014. He was the heavyweight champion, you know, had become everything he wanted to be. Um, he overcame a lot was kind of like the new superstar and, and reached the top of the mountain. And he, he was uh, just accomplished everything he had wanted to in life. Uh, he beat Vladimir Klitschko, which was known as one of the most dominant champions at the time. And, and that was kind of his whole, his whole career. That's what his sights were set on. And so he accomplished it. And instead of feeling proud of his accomplishment, he ended up going into a severe depression. So he, um, accomplished his goal he even i think mentioned in the podcast that he said to friends and family um, this is going to be my last fight um i'm not going to fight anymore after this there's nothing more for me to fight for and he had mentioned soon after that he spiraled out of control so he ballooned up to i think like 350 to 400 pounds which for you know, he was a heavyweight boxer, but for an athlete, that's that's a pretty extreme uh, weight gain in, in under a year. Um, he talks about getting involved, which he had never done drugs during his career or before he retired. And he developed a cocaine habit, a heavy drinking habit. So he spoke about just every single night he would go out, drink tons of beer, do cocaine, you know, overeat after. And he was just in this kind of spiral. And I... 
similar. I, I don't know if the low point is necessarily required to transform or to change, but he discusses a, a, a rock bottom moment where he was driving his sports car on the highway and planned on crashing it. And he got his speed up to like a ridiculous speed, like well over a hundred miles per hour. He was about to hit, I don't remember what it was, a bridge or a tree or something. And some, some voice in his head, um, he says it was God, whether it was himself or God, doesn't really matter. He, uh, something in his head told him not to, and he slowed down, pulled over, sat there and decided I'm going to, I have to change similar type of thing. And, and he decided he needed to come back to boxing. That was what he wanted to do. And so when he finally decided that he wanted to come back again, he made new goals for himself and he kept stressing in that podcast over and over the importance of setting new goals and that he realized once he had something to train for his depression completely got wiped away. His anxiety completely got wiped away. He now had a purpose again. He now had something to live for. And I think that is true in all things in life. Um, that was kind of the first time the light bulb went off in my head, even though I had experienced um, that type of a situation where once I set goals and I um, had a new purpose, you know, my mental health issues went away. That was the first time that I heard that, that it made sense. Like, oh, like that, that's kind of true with everybody that no matter what you reach, what level of success you reach, I think you always have to strive for new things. Um, and you always have to set new goals for yourself. It could be simple and it, or it could be something career related and super detailed. But I think um, no matter what, you have to set goals for yourself, whether it's a weight loss goal, whether it's a career goal, it, I don't know, achieve something in, in a hobby, whatever it is, I think setting new goals helps put you on track and gives you something to focus on and gives you purpose. And I think that that story really spoke to me because it was very similar to my situation. It wasn't as extreme with wanting to take my own life, but I think it's all relative to your situation. So he hit a rock bottom point. I did as well. And his whole scenario just really spoke to me. And I think it's really important for people to understand that setting new goals is such an important part of, of recovering after something. Definitely. And to be able to evolve yourself and, and transform through the journey, especially in those rock bottom moments. I know for me, um, after my spinal cord injury, I set this crazy goal that I was going to run a 5K, even though I was sitting in a wheelchair and had no idea how I was ever going to walk again. But that goal kept me going through all the adversity of that year. And I ran that 5K. I did it in 35 minutes. And I trained for it all year. And it was such a great accomplishment that after I didn't have that goal, I immediately recognized I need to have a new goal to work towards for this year because that's what I learned to attach my joy and happiness to. And I think even Einstein said, if you want to be happy, attach yourself to a goal. I think it was Einstein that said it. Mm -hmm. um, but part of that as well is after you hit that rock bottom is uh, learning to live and accept and forgive yourself for maybe the bad choices that you've made in life or just forgive yourself for hitting that, that rock bottom. And how, how do we go about forgiving ourselves? Because I know that that's a huge process in the journey. Yeah, it's, uh, that's something I've dealt with for a long time and I still struggle with constantly. Um, definitely way too hard on myself. I think most of us are. Um, I think it, it, it mostly applies for me, um, with weight loss because 
we all know you're trying to be on a diet or, or you're trying to live healthier and you slip up and it comes with, you know, not at the time when you're doing it, but it, once you slip up the next day, it comes with that guilt. It comes with the regret. Um, it comes with that. Just for me, it, 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 it overwhelms me that, that self um, just really almost hating myself. Um, and I think the most important part is just accepting that you messed up, accepting that it's not the rest of the, the end of the world, forgiving yourself um, and, and moving on with it. And it's definitely easier said than done. Um, but I think it's really important to the process because I've had times where I slip up and, and I'll keep referencing weight loss because that's the thing that I have the most experience in. But I've had times where I slip up uh, where that depression and self-loathing unravels and that's what I think. I think that's when one day, cheat day, whatever you want to call it, turns into a week, turns into two weeks. And then before you know it, you're, you're off the rails. And I think just the acceptance is one thing. Okay. I did what I did. I slipped up regardless of what it is, weight loss, anything else. Um, understand that it happens. You're human. People do this all the time. You're not alone. Um, forgiving yourself through all of that. And then just consistency. I, I, I preach nothing but consistency. I think consistency is more important than, than anything else. The ability to get back on the horse and just start again tomorrow or start again today. Um, I think that's more important than anything else because that unraveling is something you hear about so frequently when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to anything else or, or someone with, with an addiction, you know, an alcoholic has a drink or a anything you hear of about someone unraveling and undoing the progress they made has a lot to do with that um, beating yourself up the next day. I think that's huge. Yes. And I love what you said about consistency and also having patience with yourself during the process because everybody is is a work in progress and when things suck they really suck and Dr. Palmer nailed it on our podcast when he said yes things suck right now and that's just you know the facts of life and for a lot of hard um, and one of the things that he spoke about is to remember what your purpose is and renew your sense of purpose and part of that um, you spoke about in this amazing blog, it's one of my favorite ones, where you state, if your purpose is happiness, find happiness in the pursuit. And I'm sorry, if your pursuit is happiness, find happiness in the pursuit. And I was just wondering how you went about and strategies you use in finding joy in the journey, especially during the most adverse and difficult times. Yeah. Um, for me, it was, it was about it was about just once the initial rate weight loss happened, it was about just getting healthier. And it's also a snowball of, of momentum and progress. Once you start seeing that progress, you don't really want it to end. Um, my biggest motivation I'd say in weight loss was not wanting to go back to that mindset or just the place I was in. Um, with all the mental health issues, with all the physical health issues, just not wanting to go back to that dark place um, was a big part of my motivation. But I think within that comes falling in love with the process and falling in love with, with what you're doing. And, and that was definitely a result. Um, I worked out a lot, you know, in my high school years 
throughout uh, my, my baseball career and enjoyed it, but never really found passion in it. That was something that was really ignited by my weight loss journey was developing a love for exercise, um, a love to a love of, of challenging myself and seeing what my body was capable of. Now, when you spend so many years, um, I guess, like in, in, in that prison, so to speak, you know, once you break out of it, it's it, you kind of want to see what's possible. Um, as far as finding happiness in the pursuit, it kind of speaks to the same Tyson Fury type of concept. Um, that's something that I discovered a little later because the mo- the motivation that I needed during the ups and downs was all in the motivation not to go back to the way I was. Um, but I think with career goals or especially right now, um, 2020, people are losing their jobs. People are struggling with mental health. I think that is the biggest thing is finding something that you want to work towards um, and pursuing it. Well, like I said before, whether it's a hobby, whether it's um, a career goal or or using this time to really figure out what matters, because a lot of people are losing their jobs. A lot of people realize that this job that they didn't really um, love, that that they kind of, you know, was a chore, which is is most people's jobs. You know what I mean? I think this is kind of a time to be inspired to chase after something you love. And, you know, you only get a finite amount of time on this earth. You don't want to spend, you know, we spend eight hours to 10 hours a day working. That time should be spent, if you can, should be spent doing what you enjoy or at least something you're passionate about. I think this is a good time to reevaluate, figure out what's important to you and go for it. And, And obviously, there's plenty of situations where that's not possible. Um, I completely understand that, but I just think there's a lot of value in the pursuit and going after something. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a career goal. It could be, I I think I even say building birdhouses or something in the, in that blog, but like a a hobby, something you're passionate about, something, um, that makes you want to get out of bed every day and, and, and that you think about when you're going to sleep. And I think that could be any kind of, any kind of pursuit, but I, I think something like that. Um, having something to strive for, something to be passionate about is, is half the battle. And I think that's super important for happiness. Yes. And I a hundred percent agree with all of that. For me personally, I've just been learning how to cook this. It was a skill I never learned in childhood. It was kind of an oversight in childhood. So I learned how to cook to survive, but I never really learned how do flavors go together, how to how to put a base recipe together. And that's one thing that's kind of kept me going and kept me on track with my nutrition and my my own weight loss transformation. So attaching yourself to a hobby, even if it's just reading a book you've always wanted to read or doing something, um, learning a skill you've always wanted to learn. Now is the time to do it because we have the blessing of time. Many of us do, and we can just look on the computer, or uh, you know, we we all have smartphones. We can look up a great blog or a YouTube video and and learn how to do something. And that truly does spark joy, even if you're having a, a down day. One thing that I wanted to speak with you about is a lot of people use food to cope, especially during stressful times. My whole family went low carb this year. So we've had some struggles and many people struggle with carb, sugar, and food addiction. 
And if, I want to preference this. If you're struggling with this, you're not alone. Uh, millions of people are struggling with this. And you wrote a blog about your experience called This Is Your Brain on Sugar. And we often hear the terms abstain or moderate. For many of us to abstain is just not a reality. The, the struggle is real and people lose control. And even though we say, yes, you can moderate, people still lose control in, in that moderation. And I'm just wondering, what are some of your strategies when you know you're going to lose control? Uh, what can people do in that moment? Yeah. Um, so like everything else with this whole transformation or, or journey, my thought on this and my process of this has evolved so many times. Um, I've reached so many points where I, I thought I had it figured out. Uh, I've done that enough times to realize that I don't think I'll ever have it figured out completely, at least. Um, but you implement strategies that help you for the time being, and then something may happen, you reevaluate, you keep working with it. So I originally um, was all about the cheat meal, was all about the, you know, I'd look forward to that Saturday where I'd get, you know, I would stick low carb and then I would get that pizza, that ice cream. And for a while that worked. And then I hit uh, a few times where that unraveling would happen uh, that I spoke of earlier. And then, you know, one day turns into two weeks or turns into a couple weeks. And so I kind of reevaluated at that point. Um, I tend to follow the Dr. Tro method these days, which he has weekly uh, group coaching, which I would recommend to anyone who struggles. Uh, they give a lot of strategies and just seeing that people um, out there experiencing what you are is huge. And I think if I discovered that earlier on in my journey, it would have helped a lot. But um, they preach replace what you can't restrict. So similar to what you were saying, uh, I think before the podcast, you were talking about just providing low carb options that if you have to, uh, you resort to and, and you kind of get the, um, you fix the craving, you get the little fix that you need and then you move on. And that's kind of what I go by right now. Um, whereas before I would cheat and a couple times in a row would unravel led to the kind of um, self-loathing, beating myself up. And it was a cycle that I found myself in every couple of weeks, every time I would cheat. So instead now, um, when I'm craving something, when I want it, I don't deny myself. I find a low carb option. There's plenty out there. I know you have plenty of recipes. I know there's a lot of, um, pretty solid companies with, with decent ingredients in their products. So what I do now is just, uh, I don't try to fight it. I don't go on willpower alone, which I did for many years. Um, but I find that that's not as sustainable. And so I try to find a low carb option of what I'm craving. I satisfy that craving and then I, I kind of move on. Um, I do try to abstain for the most part from refined sugar, um, from flour. I did discover about myself within even, like I said, it's an evolving process within the last year or so I kind of discovered how, really addicted to food I was I could overeat cans of tuna like and I have you know what I mean so um kind of that self-awareness I think is everything understanding how you operate and, and that all comes through experience and through learning about yourself this entire thing a I believe in lifestyle change over a diet or anything like that and with all of that comes gaining the knowledge about yourself and, and the information about yourself your tendencies 
So I know I have a tendency to overeat. I know I have a tendency once I get that sugar in my system, it easily unravels. And instead of um, kind of giving myself that possibility, I just go with the low carb option and, and keep it moving after that. And again, with all of that though, understand that the slip ups are a possibility and that with that, you have to just accept it, forgive yourself and, and keep moving after that. Yes, absolutely. And we had Brian Wiley on who spoke about the six defense uh, to survive the holidays. And there are actually six defenses to survive any time and get yourself back on track if you slip up. And Dr. Tro has an amazing Facebook group uh, where there's all sorts of support for people that are struggling with this. And I'll actually relink that link in the show notes for everybody along with Brian's uh, blog because that episode was very popular and added a lot of value um, for people. And I wanted to ask you, so a lot of people are interested in blogging and you're very successful with blogging and you're also new with it. And I was just curious, what advice would you have for aspiring bloggers? Hmm. So I think uh, the biggest thing, and I... (laughs) I feel like a broken record, but I think the biggest thing is consistency Um, making the decision to just do it. I think a lot of us have a fear of being judged for your writing. Anything creative, I find, comes with a lot of second guessing. Um, For me, it comes with a lot of imposter syndrome where I kind of, you know, you kind of feel like you don't belong. You kind of feel like your work is... Uh, not as good as the other things you read and you you let that doubt kind of creep in. I think the key is overcoming all of that and just start putting out content and putting it out consistently, setting a schedule for yourself and writing no matter what and just pushing through that. Um, I think we're all kind of feeling that imposter syndrome. It doesn't matter if you have, um, like I see some of the bigger bloggers and I know I've, I've, read their stuff and they speak of imposter syndrome. They speak of that same doubt. It doesn't matter if you have hundreds of thousands of followers or, or five. I, I think everyone has that same experience and everyone also started from the same spot. Um, so that's been a big thing for me is kind of that's motivated me to keep going and, and that it's, you're never going to have inspiration every day. You're never going to have the motivation to write every day. I think, you know, there's people that say write every day and like keep it, consistent and I think the consistency is true I don't necessarily sit down to write every day but I do have a schedule for myself so uh, I stick to that schedule regardless if I'm inspired or not regardless if what I'm writing is good or not I could scrap it at any time and and go with something else but I try to make sure that for I do it in usually like two hour blocks when I sit down to write I don't care if I use none of it, as long as I'm kind of training that muscle, keeping with the consistency and getting through that, um, that doubt. I think that's the biggest thing is, is overcoming the imposter syndrome and the doubt and thinking that no one wants to read it. You, you will provide value for someone out there and they will read your content for sure. So I, I, each writing session is almost like a, an emotional roller coaster for me. I start off, I, I love writing. I hate writing. I love writing. You know what I mean? And then you finally work it out and then and then you you end up being happy with the final product. Or you're not and you don't use it. There's no pressure to use something and not use something. But I think the importance is just writing no matter what and continue to put out the content. And don't be afraid to hit publish either because there is such a thing as 
being too much of a perfectionist, which I for sure suffer from where I, you know, I over edit and I keep looking at something. And even once I hit publish, you want to run back to the computer and, and take it back. You know what I mean? But again, that's something everyone goes through. And I think it's just super important to push through and, and build that confidence within yourself and just start, just start. And imposter syndrome is a real thing. A lot of people struggle with that, especially when they put themselves out there like you do in your blogs. And writing is so healing and, and therapeutic. And I think it's a great exercise to be able to do. I have tons of unpublished blogs myself because I've been shy to put it out there. And you've definitely inspired me to start hitting the publish on that because it truly does add value to other people when you share through your journey. Um, because human connection and just knowing that you're not alone during these times is just so important. I wanted to conclude the podcast by asking for some of your parting words of wisdom for someone who's struggling right now, listening to our podcast, who's taking the first steps to get started, to get out of that rut, to the person that's in the middle plateaued and wondering, where do I go from here? to the person that's reached their goal and now they're in maintenance and, and they need to maintain and keep building upon uh, what they've already accomplished. What would you say to those people at different points uh, of that journey? Yeah, um, I think one thing that um, covers all of those stages is hope and the fact that everyone and anyone is capable of change, that no one is too far gone. Um, I considered myself a lost cause for many years throughout most of my 20s. Um, I thought I was someone that wasn't capable of change, that life was just the way it was and I had to accept it. Um, all of my negative tendencies, everything I didn't like about myself, I thought was just a way of life. And what I've learned over the years and, and through this whole journey and craziness is Anyone's capable of change. The decision is half the battle. Um, there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. Consistency is the most important thing over everything. Um, worrying about the quality of what you're doing at the time isn't nearly as important as putting in that work every single day. Um, not every workout is going to be your best output. Not every blog post is going to be your best work. But when you train that resiliency muscle and the ability to keep going and keep pushing, that is what enables your success. I find the thing that separates people that find success in anything from people who continue to fail over and over or fail and, and just completely stop is the willingness to get back up. Um, you hear about anyone who any, – any business mogul or, or – you know, Fortune 500 CEO, whatever, what they don't tell you most of the time or what you don't hear about in, in, you know, articles and headlines is the amount of failed business ventures they've had, the amount of times that they fail. I think uh, failure is the most valuable thing there is in life. You learn the most from failure. You learn just everything out of failure. I think it's extremely valuable and it provides, um, a, a reference point to, to see where you went wrong and to reevaluate your progression forward. So I think there's, it, it, hope is the main thing to never lose hope because if you lose hope, then the willingness to press on kind of diminishes. Um, and I think, I think that advice really 
pertains to anyone's stage in their journey. I think whether you're in maintenance level or you're just starting out, just knowing that the road ahead of you is not going to be linear. It's not going to be a constant upward trajectory. There's going to be ups and downs, but the more you stay consistent, the more you build that momentum, the more you are equipped to handle those ups and downs. And yeah, I'd say hope and consistency is the two, uh, the two biggest things for me. I love all of that. And that's wonderful advice. Dan, what does 2021 have in store for you? 2021 has a lot. Um, I am hmm, hoping to grow my blog a little bit for sure. But uh, with 2021 comes uh, me finally being a certified health, uh, health coach, looking to um, start, I don't know, either my own practice, work for someone else. It's kind of up in the air at this point. But I want to start my journey towards helping as many people as possible. Um, I think about my own journey and I think about, you know, those years of darkness and I'd like to try to help people avoid that similar spot or um, pull them out of it a little quicker than maybe I saw the light, so to speak. So uh, yeah, 2021 has a lot of, uh, a lot of possibilities ahead of it, but uh, definitely officially a certified health coach and hopefully continue with my blogs trying to help I, people as much as possible. I love that. And I know that you're going to be very successful uh, in those endeavors. Where can our listeners find you and find your blog? Sure. Um, I'm on Twitter at Daniel Cadmus. Um, you can find my blog on Medium at Dan underscore Cadmus. And those are the two main places that you can find me. Awesome. And we'll link all of those in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here today, Dan. We really appreciate it. And as always, guys, be sure to subscribe if you're enjoying our podcast, leave us a review, and don't forget to follow Dan over on Medium and Twitter. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast. We are now available on iHeart Podcast and all of your favorite podcast listening platforms. As always, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. We love hearing from you. If you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, send us an email. Link in the show notes.